now listen to the greatest. Hey, you know J Ray got girls here going way, 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 way. Yeah, I haven't done this in so long. Yeah, but we have Professor Hudgens on the show today. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself because I don't know what you want to associate with yourself. Well, yeah. you can call me Laura for the purposes of the podcast. Okay. But yeah, I'm Laura Hudgens. I'm an instructor here in mass communication at Piedmont. That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> I usually let people introduce themselves because I one I suck at intros and two I don't know what. Intros are hard, I think, yeah. both doing an intro for someone else and doing an intro for yourself. Yeah. It just feels awkward to it does. talk about you. I'd just rather get into it. But today, I feel like we should talk about um, women. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, see, I knew, you would, I knew you'd be the perfect expert for that. <laughs> um, I guess the first question, because you've been in the journalism realm, like, because I know, I, 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 and I have these debates with people because i'm not telling them what feminism is i'm telling them there's different people have their different definitions yeah. of it what would you say a feminist is or what is what is it supposed to be so feminism to me is just the idea that everyone should have equal access to things equal rights regardless of gender mm -hmm. or sex because there is a difference there mm -hmm. um but yeah it's not i think it gets a, a reputation of being like oh women deserve more women deserve better but it's really just that everyone should be on an equal playing field so it's kind of like Civil rights, but yeah, <laughs> it's not like civil rights. But yeah, what do you mean? Gender and sex have a, are different. Yeah, so things? gender is more of a sociological term, mm -hmm. and sex is a, a like scientific or biological term. So mm. your sex is your um, your chromosomes, your genitals, and then gender is like how you present to the world and how the world treats you in return. Mm. Um, so gender is something that people have more of a choice about, and sex is something that is you know assigned at birth okay yeah that makes sense now. Mm -hmm. i know that i never looked at it that way <laughs> yeah. but i would say would you say you're a feminist or yeah i'm definitely a feminist because mm -hmm. um, some people identify feminists as women that just like to berate men right yeah. so there are some like that but i i think your definition is what the term should be yeah I, like I, all around i think feminist who i think people who claim to be feminist who are um you know, who believe in feminism or feel strongly about feminism because they think that it means that men are less worthy or that they should mm -hmm. get less. I don't, that's not real feminism. That's okay. something different. That's sexism. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of sexism, how do you, how did you feel about uh, when Roe v. Wade got overturned? I was upset by yeah. that. I was definitely bothered um, in part just because it was, I mean, it was something that had been, so long-standing in mm -hmm. our country and it was something that we had determined a long time ago was really necessary in terms of access to health care in terms of women's privacy mm -hmm. um and so for it to be overturned at this point didn't make a lot of sense to me mm -hmm. from a more i guess like personal perspective i just i'm a really big believer in health care which abortion is health care i'm a mm -hmm. big believer in health care being um, a really personal decision for people that they make for themselves or with their doctor and not making choices based on what a politician wants or mm -hmm. what their state legislature is allowing. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was upset about that one. I still am. Yeah. I think I, I was too. Yeah. At first, the, the, the chauvinistic part of me came out a little bit. Cause I was like, dang, 
plan B is going to be, you know, <laughs> locked up in a box. And then I was like, yeah, that's kind of selfish. But yeah, it definitely affects yeah. men, too, though. Yeah. Like, it's not just something that affects women. So, mm-hmm. And I thought it was it was funny because I seen an Instagram quote about it. It, it. They coined it perfect, but I can't I can't find it. It was like it was during. Um, this was before Roe v. Wade that I saw it, but it was during COVID, like right okay. when COVID hit. And it was like uh, I think they brought up points like um, the pro like, how do you feel about the pro-lifers? Yeah, I mean, I can understand how people would have a really strong mm-hmm. opinion or view that, like, life is sacred. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm a pacifist, so I also believe that life is sacred, but mm-hmm. I have a different view from pro-lifers about when life starts. I don't believe it starts at conception. Mm-hmm. So I think um, a lot of times when people have this really pro-life stance, it doesn't extend much beyond a fetus. Mm-hmm. Um, so a criticism that we you know hear a lot that I tend to also agree with is that you are expecting someone to bring a baby into the world, but then what happens to that baby after that? And mm-hmm. also what happens to the it's mom? Really, what if it's a yep. teen mom? What if this pregnancy is going to hurt her? Um, so I think taking all life into regard is really important. Mm-hmm. And the focus can so often just get narrowed down to the unborn child or the, or the fetus. Mm-hmm. The same. I, you hit all the points I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because the quote was similar to what I was about to say. It was like, because uh, my thing is it they kind of contradict themselves as well because where are y'all during suicide prevention, bullying, yeah. um, gun reform? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're in a day and age where now, like, <laughs> grocery stores, churches, and schools are being shot up yeah. almost every day. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where, where are the pro-life? HIV and AIDS prevention, yeah. awareness, people. Like, there's so much other pro-life um, advocacies that you could, mm-hmm. you know, be a part of, but 100%. you tend to focus on birth of a baby. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's it's a lot of, it's it's more complicated than just a baby being born right. or being inside a woman's body. You know, it's, and it's, it's I, a lot of complications. I think from a pro-life perspective, it's easy mm-hmm. to just say no abortions, we'll ban abortions. That's how we'll be pro-life because that's easy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to say we need comprehensive gun reform. We really need to think about um, access to social services in this country mm-hmm. so that kids have food and education and, a, you know, a good home. Those things are a lot harder. Those things take a lot more proactive steps. They take a lot more funding than mm-hmm. to just say you can't get an abortion. So I, I could see feeling good about saying, no, I'm pro-life. I don't want people to get abortions. I've done my part. Because it's easy. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more complicated to go beyond that with yeah. other pro-life initiatives. So you think they're taking the easy route, basically? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Pretty much. And would you say, because um, I, I had this conversation with uh, Alexis during uh, our radio show, Wake Up, and I think we was reporting on, I think it was Uganda. I think it was Uganda. I didn't feel like looking it up because it was a CNN article, and it's probably old now, so yeah. it's probably hard to look it up. But I think it's Uganda, and they implemented a, a law um, banning anything related to the LGBTQ plus community. So, and then within that article, it was a, uh, what would you say, I guess an expert or an ap- a- activist or something like that. And uh, she, the way she coined it, it was like, dang, um, she was like being black, gay, and a woman in this country. Like basically life is pretty much going to be hard for her. Yeah, that like, sounds impossible. Yeah, it's a target on her back and mm-hmm. almost – and then I, in my head, I was like, dang, are, are women almost treated as third third class citizens? Right. You know I think I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I think, especially unexpected in a country like America, where mm-hmm. we do really pride ourselves on being very, like, first world and mm-hmm. having, you know, being really advanced in a lot of ways. But 
women still realistically don't have the same rights Mm -hmm. or the same access to things as some other groups, Mm -hmm. Um, especially women of color, especially women who are part of the LGBT community. They just, there are more restrictions on mm-hmm. them, um, which is, again, unexpected and, and mm-hmm. really unfair in a modern society. Mm. So do women, oh, no, this is a personal question, but you don't have to answer. Because I've uh, seen uh, the thing with Taraji P. Henson mm-hmm. and how actors, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I was wondering, do teachers also get different, um, I guess, pay differentials than male teachers or professors? Yeah, so I know um, with professors, and I can't, I wish, you know, that I had the, the, the stats in front yeah. of me, but I know at some point I, I looked at a study that, you know, showed that female professors, women professors are less likely to get tenure than their male mm-hmm. counterparts, and if they do get tenure, they're less likely to make the same wage. Mm. And, I mean, a lot of that can be attributed to things like taking off work to have a baby or to start a family. Um, but there also are just like there's sex discrimination mm-hmm. that happens in there where we aren't making the same amount as our male coworkers. We're less likely to be promoted. Um, so it's definitely something that happens in education. Dang, I didn't know it got that deep, but yeah, <laughs> you learn something new every day. But yeah, <laughs> I did not know it was that bad. But that's why I'm asking the questions. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the most important challenge that women face today? Um. I think I think equity is something that we really struggle with. And, and when we talk about equity versus equality, mm. um, you know, the we can think about like the metaphor of the fence where if you're if three people are trying to see over a fence, equality is giving all three people the same size box, but mm. equity would be giving everyone the size box they need to see over the fence. So I think for women a lot of times um, people try and like have a blanket approach to making things equal for women. And so that really leaves things out of the conversation like paid maternity leave or just maternity leave in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there aren't acknowledgements about the discrepancies between white women and black women or brown women, Mm -hmm. um, LGBTQ different, Mm -hmm. you know, differences like we've talked about. So I think we do try and use these sort of easy blanket reforms to make equality for women and we're not really talking about equity Mm. um so it's just you know it's harder for women to make the same amount of money economics Mm. are a huge struggle Mm -hmm. um probably the biggest i would say is economics Mm. women aren't necessarily taught that we're good at math we're not really taught as much about money we don't typically feel as confident in investing because we haven't been accepted into those economic spaces, right? Like Mm -hmm. we think about finance bros, and that is Mm -hmm. a stereotype that could potentially be hurtful, but there is some truth to men have, you know, historically just felt more confident and had more access and had that expectation of becoming involved in investing in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is typically, you know, explained more to men than to women. So there are fewer women who invest. There are fewer women who have, you know, solid retirement accounts or 401ks or other things like that. And so when we don't have that economic equity, you can't get ahead, right? Money yeah. is everything in this mm-hmm. country. So yep. if we don't have the same access to that, then it's there is no there mm. is no equity there. Okay. Now switch things over. How do you feel about the ideal? Um, it's like a what, what a lot of men say. It's like it's like I don't know. I, I would call it an ideal because I don't I don't see it as something that sh- that has to be. 
I don't know how to coin it, but uh, when men, it's almost, it's, it's, I think it has to deal with roles, but I'm trying to figure out a way to say it without saying it the wrong way. <laughs> so, um, like, there's a podcast I listen to, and they talk about this, how uh, if the male of the household is basically making more money or just making the only money they have mm-hmm. in the house, period, that the woman's role should be just to take care of the house and provide for her man mm-hmm. and satisfy her man or whatever. How do you feel about people that still think that way, like and like they're stuck in the 1900s? Or yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's problematic anytime you assign roles based purely on gender. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot more fair to say whoever is making the most money or, you know, is bringing in the only income or whoever is spending more time at the office who is away from the home more, like they probably should expect to do less at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the idea that the woman should be the one taking care of the home and cooking the meals and cleaning just because she's a woman mm. is really when you run into <laughs> yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um, obviously, if either partner is, you know, a stay-at-home parent or a stay-at-home spouse, like, I think it's reasonable to assume that they will do the majority of the housework. Mm. But we kind of have that system set up from a time when we, like, the 40-hour work week wasn't something that we adhered to as strongly. So people weren't spending as much time at work or at least one partner was spending significantly more time at home. So, of course, they were the ones who were taking care of the home because they were there. Mm -hmm. But now when, you know, maybe both partners are working 40 hours a week or more, to expect the woman partner to do the housework just isn't reasonable. I think it's a great way to build resentment because she is going to be so busy and so tired Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, sharing that load and making sure that it's – more evenly distributed amongst both partners mm-hmm. is a much healthier approach and one that's going to be more beneficial for the relationship. Yeah. Um, to piggyback off that, yeah. mine's not going to be as articulate, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I just, I just don't see maybe because I'm, I was raised different. So I see men and women on the same playing field. Yeah. That's why I don't believe in roles. I believe, mm-hmm. I, I barely believe in the 50, 50 or 60, 40 thing. People right. like to pull out. I just think, Whatever you and your partner is right for your works for each other is. Yeah. I don't believe something is supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. If the, if you get my drift, yeah. I don't believe women are supposed to take take like not take care of the house. Everybody's supposed to care of the house, but just be in that role of just basically being a housemate. Yeah. Instead of a, a partner or 100%. someone that has the that the free will to do what they want. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like roles is the perfect term for. Everyone, and we have great examples of how that doesn't work. My mom is a terrible cook. Mm -hmm. Like, my family, my dad would not want her to be the one cooking the meals Mm -hmm. just because she's a woman. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, like, doing what works for that partnership. Mm -hmm. Like, relying on your own strengths Mm -hmm. and making sure that it's it's equal instead of assigning roles based on gender. Yeah. So, you say your mom can't cook? Oh, she's terrible. She can make... Scrambled eggs, kind of, and so, that's about it. So have you ever asked her what she, how she, well, I don't know how long she was single or if she lived by herself, but how would she, did she go out and eat every day? So in college, she was the manager at Hardee's. So mm-hmm. I think she ate a lot of free Hardee's food mm-hmm. when she was at work. 
Um, and then I know after college, she moved back in with her mom for a little bit. And my grandma was an amazing cook. Okay. So I think that was where most of her meals were coming from <laughs> yeah. before she married and met my dad. Mm. So does your dad cook most oh, of the meals now? Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic <laughs> cook. Mm -hmm. He, yeah, he's really good. And he loves it too. Like mm -hmm. it's something he enjoys. Okay. Yeah. At least she's aware though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else was I just want to say? I think we hit everything though. I think that was it. Um, what do you think, like, just hypothetically speaking, what do you think needs to happen in the next 10 years as far as uh, women not being as oppressed as they are right now? Yeah. yeah. So maternity leave is a huge one, mm. and I've kind of touched on that a little bit already. But um, we have really terrible maternity leave policies in this country, especially compared to um, a lot of countries in Europe where they will mm. get months and months, sometimes up to 12 or 18 months of paid time off to spend time with their baby. Mm -hmm. And so we have these expectations of women of, you know, women need to be mothers, they need to be nurturers, but then we don't really give them the ability to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and so we really set people, we really set women, especially behind when we, um, we don't pay them for maternity leave. Mm -hmm. So they end up losing their job or at least losing that big chunk of income. And that's not something that you can always make up. So that really sets women back economically. And I, I really think that's the biggest thing we need to work on. And Paid paternity leave also needs to be a thing. Like babies need whichever parents are involved, mm -hmm. man or woman. Um, so parental leave is just, it's going to be a really big one mm -hmm. for ensuring more economic equity, for ensuring, you know, healthier relationships, healthier balances between work and home life. Um, and it's just, it's beneficial for both parents and babies. So so what's the, the worst, I guess, maternity policy you've seen? So a lot of maternity leave policies, a lot of a lot of places don't really have a policy at all. Instead, they just rely on Family Medical Leave Act, which mm. is um, FMLA. It's just unpaid leave. So you can take a certain amount of time off to be at home with your baby, but you're not getting paid hey, for it. They just mm. can't fire you during that time mm -hmm. for not being at work. So instead of having any policy in place, they just tell you to take FMLA, you lose that pay, but they also can't fire you and mm -hmm. they see that as adequate. But babies are expensive yes. and yeah. paying the bills associated with having a baby, like that's expensive. Mm -hmm. So to have that time off um, and not being paid, I, I think that's a real deterrent for a lot of women. Like I know women my age who want to start a family, but they're scared to have kids because they know of the impact it's going to have on their bank account. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So what's the longest amount of time? Because me being naive, I thought I thought three months was good enough. Because I know there's a, on the scientific type of things, or I don't even have to be science, you, the, the mother should spend time with the baby just so the baby, I think they said they have to like sense a smell yeah. and some, certain stuff like that. Yeah, they have to really bond yeah. Um, yeah. and connect with with their mother. So I think most experts say like a six to nine month period mm. is, is good. A year is best. Mm -hmm. um, there are, there are countries that have 18 month paid maternity leave, which is, you know, the most ideal. Yeah, it's a, I, I that's would, a little too far. I'm, I, I think after 18 months, I'd be ready to, to yeah. be, you know, even after like nine or 10 months, I'd mm. be ready to be back at work. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, six to nine months of at least like part-time remote, like working with mothers to ensure that they have that time with their baby. Mm -hmm. So there's a, um, I think it's a baby clothing company. It's Kite Babies, K-Y-T-E, recently came under a lot of fire because they're, again, a baby company. And they had um, 
an employee who her baby was, I, I think she delivered early. So her baby's in the NICU and she asked if she could work remote so that mm-hmm. she could spend time with her baby in the NICU. And they told her if she didn't come back in person, she would be fired. Mm. So even when you have these companies who are focused on the health of babies, Mm -hmm. they're still more focused on that bottom line and having employees in the office instead of with their baby who needs them. That's wild. It's not good. Yeah, that's (laughs) wild. A year. I did not think about that. I thought three months was decent. You learned something new. And a lot of women would be incredibly grateful Mm -hmm. for three Mm -hmm. months of paid maternity leave, for Mm -hmm. sure. Three months is, is definitely better than nothing. Yeah. Because I know I have a friend that she, but I don't know when she returned to work. But I know she's been out for at least six months. Yeah. I think she works for Amazon. So mm-hmm. Amazon's, I don't know how their maternity leave works. Some of the benefits are pretty good, though. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think we're pretty much touching everything. I love your curiosity. If yeah, you're not afraid I'm, to, I'm not, to get I'm into not. the... The tough stuff. Yeah, after the uh, LGBTQ episode with Chloe, I think, yeah. Yeah. That broke the barrier. But, I, I yeah, because I am. I'm just interested in learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My podcast is to teach people, but also myself. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. Um, what advice would you, get, would you give to young women today? I would tell young women today to not be afraid to do some of the stuff that is maybe a little bit more male-coded. Mm-hmm. Learn about investing. Learn about money. Keep a budget. Um, don't be afraid of sort of male-dominated spaces, Mm -hmm. such as economic stuff. Don't be afraid to get into business. Don't be afraid to go to the gym. Like, don't be afraid to enter these maybe predominantly or historically male spaces because you have every right to be there. Mm -hmm. And um, while we can't fix everything on an individual level, Mm -hmm. it definitely helps to, to be present and to make space for ourselves, even when that feels really gross and really awkward um, and maybe counterintuitive to a lot of what you've been, mm-hmm. you know, indoctrinated with as a woman. Just don't be afraid to take up space. Don't be afraid to to make noise um, and to just be present. Okay. And then the last thing, this is my personal thing, because I saw uh, a video, a uh, woman in Vegas. Apparently the, the, the guy that groped her or whatever, he got arrested. But the vi- initial video I saw, he didn't get arrested, and it kind of resonated with me a little mm-hmm. bit. Because even though I'm not a woman, I'm just like – it's just certain, and I guess the issue is a lot of people don't put themselves in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and try to at least try to feel where someone's coming from. But I was just like, dang, so women have to deal with that every day. And it's like a lot of guys would say, oh, she just touched on the butt or whatever. It's not a big deal. It's not going to affect her. But, yeah, she doesn't get that moment back. It's a violating mm-hmm. moment for her. Like it's it's – it's almost as if, and I couldn't find the comparison earlier, but it's almost as like somebody pinched you. You wouldn't be happy because everybody, you just pretty much uh, expose yourself to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, so how do you feel about this, certain things like that? Like, But that can happen every single day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times nothing is done, which is pretty insane to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we've really normalized as a society a lot of things where it's like if you're not, if you're not, raping someone then if you're just you know if you're just grabbing their butt or you know grabbing their boobs like oh it's no big deal it's Mm -hmm. it's it's all fun and games it's boys being boys um so those things have been really normalized and i think people need to see them for what they are Mm -hmm. which is sexual harassment at the very least Mm -hmm. and assault at the most um and i don't i don't really believe in like making an example out of people but i do think the more we see people facing consequences for that sort of thing 
the better. And I also think it's so important for men to acknowledge their role in, you know, telling their friends, like, that's, that's not cool. That's Mm -hmm. not okay what you did. Um, It's obviously not on men to fix things, Mm -hmm. but I think if they are um, unafraid to call out their male buddies when they see them do things or to stand up for a woman who they see treated that way. Mm. I think that goes a long way. I think I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you because we and uh, Amani had the same conversation. And at first, my I, I'm not going to lie, my my uh, chauvinistic mindset was, oh, yeah, boys will be boys. Because right. we were talking about it in the high school setting. I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. But at, at the same time, yeah, it kind of still is. You know, mm-hmm. it's still a person. It's still a human being. Yeah. Um, you should still respect people. And I think Definitely. what you said about uh, men should teach men that. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. I think that's a very important thing. I think fathers should teach their they, – they teach them how to treat women, but I think above, like, above the surface things too as mm-hmm. well. Like simple as that. Because okay. some men will look at that and go, yeah, and, and actually condone that behavior and yeah. say, yeah, that's my son. Mm-hmm. Just because I guess he's not uh, – Showing feminine qualities, I right. guess, which is another big issue, mm-hmm. but we'll, we won't touch on that too much. But yeah, that was that was, yeah. And then the rape thing is a whole another. Oh yeah. I mean, women are pretty strong. <laughs> what I, I, I that I thought because it, it's it's just certain as I as I am a half film major now, and I watch more like I like in depth films that mm-hmm. that show the realities of the issues today. Yeah. Like Tyler Perry does a, a a lot of that, and a lot of people give him. Mostly men give him um, pretty much shit because of it, but because a lot of it is is depicting some of the issues that men how to coin it uh, how men are sometimes the root of women's problems, which is not a hundred percent, but sometimes like for example the the rape thing he the way he sh- we've seen rape scenes before, but the way he showed it like she was literally. Helpless, he mm-hmm. they he they I mean they literally showed him ripping her clothes off one by one, and she's just defenseless. She's yeah. little, he's bigger, and I'm like, how does she ever move on from that? Right. Like, how do some women that have to unfortunately go through that situation, how do they move on? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you you, you can't get that moment back? It's in your head, even no. when you yeah. find a new partner and y'all want to get intimate. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's in the back of your mind. You yeah, can't, it's such a trauma and yeah. such a violation that mm-hmm. you can't just forget it ever happened. Yeah, and it's just a helpless moment. So yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there too. But yeah, I love your awareness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get there. I'm trying <laughs> to get there. Um, I think that's it though. Awesome. If you don't, if you don't have anything else to touch on, no, I loved okay. the conversation. This okay. was good. All right. Did you want to throw out your socials for them, or you don't want any weirdos following <laughs> you? I'm not super active on social media, so I think I'll skip that part. Okay. All right. Well, now I'll do my awkward outro because I hate – because you just love outros, right? Um, I want to thank everybody for watching. Um, if you're listening on audio, make sure you share. Uh, give me some stars, comments. YouTube, subscribe. Like and comment if you want. I don't really care. Uh, Instagram, real.t.radio. TikTok, Real Talk Radio with two O's. And now we're trying to implement something new. I got an email. So if you like liked what we were talking about or you want Professor Hutchins, well, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. They don't know the inside joke, but yeah, I don't call Professor Hutchins Laura just because of the way I was raised. <laughs> so yeah, if you want Laura as a, a guest again, you can just let us know on the email. The email is uh, 
realtalkradio626 at gmail.com yeah let us know what you like what you didn't like um got some other topics because there's not really much going on right now but yeah that's it um thanks for tuning in